0: Hello friends, Happy New Year, and welcome to Season 2 of Swimming and Singing. Before we get started, I want to share something coming up in January that I'm super excited about. I'll admit, I have a complicated relationship with New Year's resolutions. I don't think they're a great idea I think we tend to overemphasize some sort of self-improvement aspect and that we often set ourselves up for failure by choosing something too drastic and not putting any support into place. So it was with some amount of hesitation that I started to think about offering a new year yoga challenge. Honestly, I don't love the word challenge. I'd much prefer invitation, but that doesn't really have the same amount of excitement behind it. What I started to realize towards the end of 2022 was that there really is this natural death and rebirth cycle at play as the year's transition, at least there is for me. A new year really does feel like a fresh start in some ways And I've decided to harness that for the power of good. I would love to help you create a reasonable and sustainable yoga habit in 2023, if that's something you'd like in your life. What I have created for you is a free five-day challenge that kicks off with a live event on Sunday, January 22nd, where we will dig into the most common reasons that I hear from people who are unable to sustain a regular yoga habit but they want to they wish they could we will investigate what is really going on and I will offer some solutions and if you can't join us live on that Sunday the session will be recorded and then Monday through Friday of that week you will receive a link to a pre-recorded gentle yoga practice created especially for this challenge The emphasis of these practices will be supporting your nervous system through gentle movement, breath work, and visualization in order to reduce pain, anxiety, and overwhelm. If you think you can't do yoga, I bet you'll be surprised to realize you can do these yoga practices. To find out more and to sign up, visit the link in the show notes. I hope I hope each of you who listens signs up and I look forward to practicing with you later this month. Okay, on with the show. Hello friends and welcome to swimming and singing. I'm Sarah Nelson. I'm a yoga therapist in Portland, Oregon, and I specialize in working with people dealing with chronic pain anxiety and overwhelm, finding ways to use the tools of yoga to create more ease and joy and less suffering. The name of my podcast comes from a beloved poem written by Gregory Orr and is a reminder that some days it's all we can do to tread water and then other days there is room for joy. This podcast aims to share practices for both types of days. Today I'll be talking to Ashley Dahl of Open Space Mindfulness. Through coaching and contemplative practices, Ashley helps people and organizations to live their full creative potential without sacrificing their well-being. Ashley and I talk about what mindfulness is, simple ways to bring it into your life and the potential challenges and benefits of practicing mindfulness with chronic health conditions. This podcast is for inspiration and information and does not replace medical care or advice. I am not a licensed healthcare professional or mental health therapist. Not all practices discussed on this podcast will be suitable or accessible to everybody, but I hope that you find something that resonates and can bring a bit more ease and joy into your life. Let's get to it. Hi, Ashley, and welcome to Swimming and Singing. Hi, Sarah. It's so nice to be here with you. Thanks. It's great to have you. Um, I'm so excited to have you here for the first episode of the second season, because this season we're chatting about mindfulness, and I wanted to kick off the season with an actual mindfulness teacher. I consider mindfulness to be an important part of my yoga practice, but some folks see them as different practices. And so I wanted to just start with you giving us a basic understanding of mindfulness as you know it sure
1: yeah thank you that's a really good question excuse me um i mean i think in a general way i see mindfulness um as a state of being one that enables us supports us to um, navigate life with a sense of buoyancy Mm -hmm. with with heart um with intelligence, um, maybe more specifically. Um, well, and I'm going to backtrack a little bit because of <clears throat> because of how you you sort of spoke to. Um, <clears throat> is it the same as yoga? Is it different? Or what is that? What is what is that? And I'm not going to propose to have an answer, but <laughs> um, in some ways, the way I understand it is, mindfulness is a state of being. Um, and there are so many ways to cultivate and support that state of being. We can do it through meditation. We can do it through um, <clears throat> the physical postures of yoga asana, pranayama, breath practice. Uh, we can do it through creativity. Um, you know, so many, so many things. So I, I sometimes view mindfulness as a state of being, and these other practices can be the way in. Uh, the way to cultivate, the way to experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And then with mindfulness itself, um, one way that I think of it is bringing um, kind and generous and contactful uh, present moment awareness to sensory experience in order to... Uh, meet life, meet ourselves, meet other people, other life, the world with um, care, compassion, and wisdom. So, um, I'll just pause there. Yeah, it's kind of a mouthful of a <laughs> of a definition. <laughs> Thank you. Um, would you say
0: that there is mindfulness, the state of being, and mindfulness, the practice, or? Would you say the things you you listed—meditation, yoga, other things—are the practices that can potentially bring about the state of being? And again, there's probably not one correct answer.
1: You know, it's a good it's a good question because I, I think, um, and again, I don't I don't know that I have <clears throat> some definitive response or answer to this. Um, I view things like meditation, asana, as these wonderful tools, sort of like if if you're a musician or composer, you play scales, Mm -hmm. but the the music is something else. Um, That said, um, mindfulness is a state of being. It's a dynamic state of being, and so there is a way – in which um, kind of hovering and abiding with and being contactful and absorptive with moment to moment sensory experience is a practice. It's something um, at least I personally am not able to like, can, you know, one hundred percent of the st- time be in that state. So I am, I am practicing in that way, and I don't know if that's what you mm-hmm. meant.
0: I, I think I think in my mind sometimes um and maybe in other people's minds we get real focused on like mindfulness practice being specifically maybe a meditation practice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but then you know then I walk with my dog and I'm so in the moment with him and I'm I'm smelling the smells and I'm feeling the air and I'm trying to kind of inhabit like, what is his experience of this walk? Cause it's, it's so much, I think deeper even than mine. And, um, and I think, Oh, well, I'm, I'm being mindful. I'm, I'm in the state of mindfulness.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great, that's a great example because, um, you know, for example, someone who swims um, could be doing, you know, swimming some laps and, um Wanting to hit a certain time, or you know, skillfulness, and and so then swimming. There's a lot of benefits to to swimming in that way. And there, one could also be swimming, and uh, really in touch with the sensations of water, kind of grazing, um, grazing our skin. Can maybe notice, oh, look, I'm judging my stroke. <laughs> in it. and so it's in the, in that way I'd say mindfulness is is doing doing what you're doing and knowing you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah right now I'm sitting and then if I'm knowing I'm sitting, I'm feeling that contactfulness of my my body like being held by the chair being held by earth. Um, that's where it becomes a mindfulness practice. So that's where I think yeah there's all sorts of ways in. Yeah, um, we do associate with meditation, and we might have associate it with legs crossed, hands in a mudra. Yeah, um, but even according to the Buddha, we don't. You know, like there's there's all sorts of shapes that that this comes in.
0: Yeah, I love that swimming example because I I feel like it kind of shows also how yoga can be a way of practicing mindfulness, but also sometimes we're just doing. Someone might just be doing the shapes, and it's it's a workout. It's like a different, um, it's a different kind of practice.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I think that's that's part of it. Is is, um, what's the quality of our attention? Um, where are we resting our attention? Um, where you know, like, what's the the quality or the nature of our presence? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. So for
0: me, when I feel like I'm in the habit more of practicing mindfulness, of being in that state, especially like off of the yoga mat, like I was saying, like walking the dog or whatever, I find that I enjoy life more. It's like I'm more connected to what I'm doing. Um, I can just appreciate small moments and have a, a better outlook. So I'm curious what you would say or what you know to be the benefits of mindfulness. And I think some of my listeners would be especially interested if um, you know of benefits for coping with chronic illness and pain and anxiety.
1: Uh, yes. Um, and I'll, I'll start by kind of circling back to just your observation of mindfulness um, seems to help you experience Enjoy things more. Yeah. And I would say that, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the benefits of, of mindfulness is in some ways that general, that generous, contactful um, awareness with our sensory experience <clears throat> means that when there is joy present, um, we experience it more fully. You know, some of what we're doing in mindfulness is we're removing stories and filters and judgments um, between ourselves and a sensory experience. And so when we're present with joy, um, instead of hoarding it or clinging to it, we can simply in, enjoy it. And on the flip side, um, when we soften any resistance that we have mm-hmm. to a sense. If it's unpleasant, where we find ourselves wanting to push out or push it away or check out, because it's it's when we when we can soften those edges, life also gets easier. We can it also can feel uh, better. And so, um, yeah, I mean, in some ways, those are the general you know kind of the 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 general benefits that I find um, in, in mindfulness, and then more specifically. Yes, it helps us to deal with things like anxiety and depression. I mean, and and, and some of the reason it does that is it invites us to be in present moment time. Mm -hmm. Um, And why I say that is is a lot of times our difficult emotions were kind of time traveling in a way. Like depression often involves a rumination in the past. Anxiety is a worry, anticipation about about the future. Mm So in mindfulness, we're being invited right into the present moment experience, which isn't always pleasant. Um, but when we don't add that extra edge, right, it become it becomes easier. Um and or I'm just gonna pause there. Do you have
0: a uh, follow up on that? I I don't think so. It makes sense to me. I um I read a book a few years ago. I think it was called Belonging and the author Toko Turner talks about snuggling with your anxiety instead of struggling with your anxiety and I that's like I've I've taken that to heart and um yeah I do find it easier to deal with yeah. your anxiety if I'm not trying to push it away. I'll be honest, yeah. sometimes I'm going to pull up a TV show or something and just
1: disengage from it i can't always sit with it I, but i think i think both of those are really great examples because i mean in some ways that's what we're trying to do is is notice what's there and can we bring a skillful response over reaction and um, and that's a, you know that that sense of care how can i respond to this moment with care and when it's a pleasurable moment it's like okay i'm going to embrace it if it's a really tender or difficult moment it's like what would be responsive maybe a hand over our heart um maybe taking a maybe taking a, a walk and sometimes um it means taking a break and so and there's so there's a difference in terms of just numbing out and sort of noticing yeah i've been struggling all afternoon my stamina is down i don't have it in me to be you know, present. I need to rest a little bit. I'm going to go and I'm going to go and do something else. I'm going to go watch this this movie. I'm going to take a bath. Right. So there can be, again, that sort of difference. Are we just sort of autopiloting into something, or are we consciously um, yeah. responding? Oh, I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Um. And then circling back to to you, you brought up, I think, chronic pain, mm-hmm. chronic like illness, and yeah. Um, yeah, mindfulness has also been shown to lessen um, chronic pain um, and now nav- you know, and to to be supportive in navigating um, chronic illnesses and I can sort of speak to it in a couple of different ways. Um, one is, Often what happens, like for example, with pain or physical discomfort, there's those sensations themselves that tend to not Mm -hmm. feel good. And then what can happen is um, we can kind of constrict in the presence of them or resist, um, or we can judge the experience, which layers on more difficulty. Um, and so tends to increase the the experience of of pain. So it's not that mindfulness w- will eradicate unpleasant sensations or things <laughs> take away our our pain. Um, but it but it can take the edge off and and in some, way, and I think really specifically with chronic pain, it can take off those extra layers that may be getting added. Two, mm-hmm. um, and I know from like I, I have an autoimmune disease, and um, there was a you know I would say nine months for for me when I was if I was paying attention twenty four seven experiencing r- really difficult physical mm-hmm. sensations. Um, and I think my mindfulness practice, um, when I felt resourced, I could, um, meet the sensations with a sense of curiosity, you know, of, of, okay, it's tingling, it's prickly and and getting really curious rather than jumping to, I hate this, this is awful, which brought about constriction. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, And then kind of as we spoke to previously, I could also notice, could be present to I'm I'm tired, I'm I'm depleted, I don't have it in me to be curious in this moment. And I could find other activities to do just to give myself a rest. Um, Because that's the other thing is we can be having a lot of physical sensation and and challenging sensations. There's also other things going on in the Mm -hmm. world and there's usually and there's usually other parts of our body that feel okay. Um and so with mindfulness we we also are training we're training our attention, we're training our focus and we can decide this is a good moment to get curious and to step in and and see if we can soften um the sensation or this is a good time to notice what else is there. Oh, you know, my earlobe feels okay. Okay. Oh, there's, a, there's um, a beautiful wash of evening light. Um, yeah. So we, we start to, so mindfulness in some ways I think about as like a camera lens. We, we, we start to um, get skillful. Where are we going to point the lens? But also what is that aperture? Is this the moment to go in, get into the nitty gritty? Is this a time to sort of widen out? Which could also be, we're giving ourselves a hard time reminding ourselves anyone who's dealing with this illness or this pain would be having a rough time I'm having a human moment so Mm -hmm. um, another way that mindfulness can show up thank
0: you thank you that's great great examples so if somebody's listening to this and they're ready to start their mindfulness practice Do you have suggestions for an easy, simple way to start?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a, um, well, there's a few, I have a few suggestions of that. Okay. (laughs) Um, One, one suggestion is to, um to go ahead and sign up for a course or a class. There's a lot of dharma centers, insight centers. Um, find someone to study with and I and I say that because then someone is creating some structure. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's also I think really nice about having guidance, I mean <clears throat> I still am always always studying. I think it's always important to have a connection with a group and with teachers. Because um, it's really easy to confuse our inner critic with wisdom sometimes, and um, sometimes we're so close to our experience that it's hard to know when we should be shifting that aperture. So mm-hmm. I would say just finding 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 a class is, is great. Um, there's also a couple books that I would, um, would recommend. One is um, "Fully Present" by it's by Susan Smalley and Diana Winston. Okay. Um, and what I like about it is um, they offer a lot of foundational mindfulness practices um, in, a, in a way that I think is sequenced nice for someone who's, who's beginning. And then they hold it within the context of what is the art or the spirit of mindfulness, as well as what's happening in our bodies um, and in our brains, if, if, if that's helpful for people. So mm-hmm. that's, that's one book I'd recommend. And another book I'd recommend is called Healing with Nature Mm -hmm. by Rochelle Albert. And this sort of speaks to what happens when we're, you know, when we're, when we're struggling, because most people um, start to explore a mindfulness practice because they're struggling in some way. They're, they're navigating something that's, that's hard, right? Yeah. And, and Healing with Nature is, um, is a book that brings mindfulness and somatic practices um, to heal from trauma. And um, it's so it also provides some very accessible mindfulness practices um, within <clears throat> that context of, um, of, of healing. And in the context of when there may be a lot of tender material mm-hmm. present, And with the support of the natural world, which for many people can find that um, particularly supportive. So, those would be my book recommendations. Excellent.
0: Thank you. I will link to those as well in the show notes. Okay. I did a, um, I took a, I don't know, was it eight or 12 week, the mindfulness based stress reduction, MBSR, of course, years ago, and um, loved it very much.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think courses like that. And a lot of times like um, in the insight tradition, there'll be like six week courses or, um, and I know a lot of times yoga studios, different places have have yeah. these, but the I think they do a great job of like, of offering some um, foundational practices. But I think the other really, I don't know. I mean, I'm curious about your experience, but to me, one of the other gifts of of being a part of those is listening to the reflections and experiences of others. Yeah. We get to really know, oh, I'm not alone. This isn't just me. And I think that's part of the underlying kind of premise of, of mindfulness. It has its, its roots in, in Buddhism um, and this understanding, um, it's a more of a non, non-dual perspective that we're interconnected we belong. Um, our worth is not on the line. And and so I think that's a, a reason why I think it's helpful not to simply practice mindfulness on our own, mm-hmm. um, but to be in community and be in connection. Yes, I definitely agree with that. I
0: am a former librarian, so I'm a book lover and sometimes like to, you know, try and go it on my own. But I agree that having the support of a teacher there as well as you know a room full of of people all going through similar experiences it was very helpful i imagine that translates very easily to online in these days which you know just opens up the possibilities for um all kinds of uh opportunities yes, yes. you know I hadn't thought to ask this, but since you brought up that it, it does come out of the Buddhist lineage, you know, I have, I believe, um, listeners from all different sorts of faith traditions. And so do you think mindfulness is compatible with different religions and faith traditions? Do you feel like someone needs to be identified as a Buddhist to
1: practice mindfulness? Yeah, I, um, I definitely do not think people need to identify, and uh, um, with with that, and I mean, even in Buddhism, the invitation is don't take, you know, don't. Buddha's like, don't take my word for the seat for you, for yourself that it is um, the spirit of it is is non dogmatic and is something for people to get curious about themselves and, wow. um, uh, and there are a lot of, they've done a. <clears throat> There's a lot more sort of understanding too of teaching mindfulness in secular settings um, that can help uh, for some people more easily see themselves kind of within the within the practice. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I you know I just invite people to to get get curious, check out different teachers, different lineages, and and see what resonates. Yeah. Thanks.
0: So the last thing before we go, I would love it if you could share where folks can find you and if they'd like to know more about you or to work with you. I'll also include this info in the show notes. Great.
1: Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, two great places to find me would be my website. Mm-hmm. So that's openspacemindfulness.com and um which has a newsletter and that's a that's a that's a super way to find out kind of what I'm up to. Um people can also find me on Instagram mm-hmm. and my handle is openspacemindfulness.com. Um what was did you have another part of that?
0: just how to find you especially if they want to work with you um and did you want to talk about your weekly yoga nidra offering
1: yeah yeah um so i do a weekly yoga nidra class and for people not familiar yoga nidra is like guided deep relaxation it's really restorative and taps into our kind of innate capacity to heal and um i bring a mindfulness approach to that. We always do a little bit of a transitionary meditation um, before and we come out with a meditation. And I um and I find people first it can also be a nice way for people who are curious about meditation and feel they can't do it. Um, uh-huh. That it's a way okay to sort of experience that state, that mindfulness state and, and be, be guided. So that's on Tuesday evenings, um, 530 to 630 Pacific Standard Time online, all all welcome great cool i also saw on your website you have a some sort of nature
0: retreat coming up in june
1: yes i am super super excited so i'll be doing a weekend nature meditation retreat june 9th through 11th while we'll be exploring um sort of the radiance mm-hmm. of living in reciprocity so it yeah it will involve um some nature-based contemplative practices um delicious meals on a beautiful land um in june so that's the i think the registration will open late late january but i'm super super excited so yeah. For
0: that. yeah that sounds great and i i bet the best way to keep on top of that info is to so, sign up for your newsletter
1: yes that would be yeah yeah that would be great
0: Okay. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: It was really a pleasure to chat with you about mindfulness. Yeah. Thanks again, Sarah, for for having me. I really enjoyed this.
0: Thank you so much for listening to Swimming and Singing. Links and contact information for me and my guests can be found in the show notes and on my website don't forget to sign up for the free yoga habit challenge. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast. And if you have thoughts or comments you'd like to share with me, please reach out. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time,
1: keep swimming and keep singing.